Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. Let's start with Ritter first. I mean, both of them have extreme athleticism, especially Willis. I mean, he's big, powerful. He has a trump card that others don't with his athletic ability. Our friend Matt Williamson. You're going to hear from him later on on all the quarterback scouting the Steelers are doing. Tim Benz here on the Pittsburgh CityCast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. Glad you're with us. And speaking of the Rivers Casino, I will be there today hosting the Mark Madden Show. I'll be on from 3 until 6 right outside the sports book as you get set for another night of Sweet 16 NCAA tournament action. I hope I'm better at picking Steelers' future quarterbacks than I am at NCAA tournament games. Wolf, rough nights Thursday in the Sweet 16 Now, I warned you in advance when the brackets came out about Arkansas potentially beating the Gonzaga Bulldogs in the Sweet 16. They did. I said they might ruin a bracket or two. I had them covering at plus 10, but I had Gonzaga on a money line parlay as well. So that one stung. But hey, the parlay would have blown up anyway because I had Arizona on it too. At least I had both Villanova covering at two and a half and Duke at half a point. So the night wasn't a total loss. Tonight, I've got North Carolina teased up to three and a half at minus 127 and I've got Purdue and Kansas on a money line parlay at minus 235 how about pit transfer Audis Tony putting his stamp on that Arkansas upset of Gonzaga in the sweet 16 the fourth seeded Razorbacks stunning the top seeded Bulldogs in the West region the semifinal game 74 to 68 eight minutes 36 seconds left Tony converts a three-point play draws a fourth foul on Bulldog star center Chet Holmgren. He would eventually foul out. 
Tony had the first of two key blocks in the waning seconds on Gonzaga All-American Drew Timmy with 24 seconds left while holding a 66-62 lead. 76-65, Arizona's leading at that point. Andrew Nebard is in the open court. Tony catches up to him, LeBron James style, and pins the ball uh, on the backboard. It looked like he got it with his wrist. He got up so high. Then Tony finishes the game with an exclamation point dunk. By God, what were Pitt fans thinking watching all that? Tony transferred away from Oakland after last season ended. Pitt has now lost five players to the transfer portal this season since it concluded. Ithiel Horton was the latest on Wednesday. So Tony and the Razorbacks move on. Hopefully you got in on Mike Pursuta's advice on Duke at plus 1,600 before their game against the Texas Tech Red Raiders, plus 1,600 for the Blue Devils to win it all. Hopefully you didn't wait until now because now you can only get them at plus 400. What a good game that was, and boy, did Houston impress or what. That was another just eye-opener in the other evening game, the other late game. Houston certainly impressed here in Pittsburgh, and they did again by beating Arizona last night. I'm telling you, man, Moore, Shed, Edwards, uh, Carlton, those guys, they're just better players than what Villanova has. They are stone cold, man. And I'm not surprised at all that they are favored at minus two. Don't be surprised that line jumps as well. They impressed me here at PPG Paints Arena, and they continue to do so. The UCLA game against UNC scares me tonight. I got hot on UNC as the regular season rolled along. Last couple weeks of the regular season and into the tournament, I saw what they could become when they were on their game against Syracuse watching that contest, and I just said, uh-oh, here they go. They are winding up. And you saw that certainly in the first half against Baylor. Nearly fell apart against Baylor, too, as we all well know by now, but they advanced. I do like UCLA, too, though. Those guys have been screwing me all tournament because I avoided their games and didn't play them, so I should say I've been screwing myself when UCLA has been involved now my first time throwing money down on one of their games and I'm playing against them. That might not be smart by me, but I've just got UNC and the points. Miami, Iowa State, leaving that one alone. Don't have a feel at all. Miami minus three. You know what? I could talk myself into that. I could if the late games roll around and I'm feeling it and I'm hot early. Maybe I try to ride out the hot streak and take the Hurricanes. That's how I would be leaning. Maybe another late-blooming ACC team like Duke and North Carolina. Check back with me late tonight, and I'll figure out if I'm still on board with sitting on the sidelines for that one or if I've gotten back in. Bet Rivers Sportsbook offering new customers deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem called 1 800 Gambler in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, and 1-800-522-4700 in Nevada. Hockey tonight, too, before we go to tonight's game with the Penguins and the New York Rangers. How about what happened in Carolina and Dallas last night? Penguins idol lost a little ground in the Metro on Carolina because the Hurricanes picked up a loser point against the Dallas Stars. While the Penguins were heading to New York City for their game this evening against the Rangers, the Hurricanes went on the road and played against the Dallas Stars in a shootout, and the Stars won 4-3 behind a stellar performance by goalie Scott Wedgwood. He made 44 saves on 47 shots, then won 3-for-3, stopping the Hurricanes' 
in the shootout. It was Wedgwood's first game with Dallas after being acquired from Arizona as he set the franchise record for most saves in a debut, breaking John Casey's decades-old record. The Hurricanes now have 91 points, three more than the second-place Penguins. The Rangers are in third with 85. The overhit eventually, but my God, if you were a fan of the Hurricanes and you had them straight, you had to be dying. They outshot Dallas 47-15 to and still lost. What a kick in the nads that result was if you had Carolina straight or on a parlay. Penguins tonight, this is a weird one. The Lions are kind of funny to me. The Pens are favored at 117, minus 117 on the road against the Rangers, and the over-under is low at 5.5. Shesterkin has been human lately. He gave up 5 against the Devils last time out, 4 recently against the Stars, 4 recently against the Blues. There's certainly no value in the Pens as a road favorite tonight. Maybe go Rangers here, but I'm, lo- I'm also leaning towards the over. I could easily see this one 3-2 to two in one way or the other in the third, then empty net goal to seal it to get you the payout. You know what might be good value with the way they're playing lately? Buffalo. They played well enough against the Penguins to win it. They're plus 170 as a home dog, having won five of six against the Capitals. The Caps have lost two in a row. I really like that bet on the Sabres this evening. I also like a parlay tonight, Calgary and Colorado. I'm like five for five betting on the Flames this year. Colorado is the best team in hockey. They have the Flyers at home. The Flames have the Coyotes at home. Arizona cooling off since having that real hot streak. They've now lost three straight. Both of the favorites are at minus 420 straight up. So, again, not much value coming back. But I think that bet wins if you parlay it at minus 190. If you want to do the goal-and-a-half puck line on both the favorites, Colorado and Calgary, the parlay coming back is plus 169. So I'd offer that for your consideration. I even went small in the NCAA hockey tournament, too, playing a little bit more puck on the college front. I love St. Cloud State and Quinnipiac going under. Those teams always seem to go under to come tourney time. I've got the under at 5.5 there, and I took AIC, an upset team usually in the tournament. They've done it before. They won't against Michigan today. I don't see that happening, but um, I'm getting 2.5 goals, so I took the Yellow Jackets there just to stay involved in NCAA tournament hockey until Robert Morris comes back, not next year, but the year after. Uh, when we come back here in the Pittsburgh CityCast, we'll look at a little football, and we'll talk football with Matt Williamson. Of course, he joins us once a week during the regular season, and Matt will do so again in advance of the draft, but said he'd join us once during free agency too. So here we are. The Steelers have been active. I'll say that. They've been active. I don't know how impressed I really am with the players that they got, but they got players. They're filling some holes. They're throwing numbers at certain positions like offensive line, Levi Wallace in the secondary. I like Daniels at guard. He's a good player, but Mason Cole, is he just a better backup than B.J. Finney if Kendrick Green doesn't work out again? Is he legitimately going to be a starter? Mitch Trubisky, you know my feelings there. I'm really lukewarm on that. In fact, I'm, I'm down on it. I just don't like the notion, especially if they go out and draft another quarterback continuing to throw numbers at the quarterback position. It's one thing to do it in the secondary. It's one thing to do it along the offensive line. But quarterback and Miles Jack, are they just getting Joe Schobert again? I worry about that. I don't think Jack is as good as we want to remember because we know how well he played against the Steelers in 2017. This, I don't think, is the same guy anymore. Just hoping that he's miscast and 
uh, you know, catching the teal flu down in Jacksonville. Well, we thought the same thing about Schobert, and look how that turned out. But we'll talk about all that with Matt Williamson next. He joins us here in the Pittsburgh CityCast, and we'll look at some futures for the Steelers as well. Once again, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. Your final Pittsburgh CityCast of the week. No more football? No problem. Bet Rivers Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college and pro basketball, and more. Don't miss out on Bet Rivers' many daily specials or try your hand at live player props or same-game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. Get started with life after football with the Bet Rivers app. Must be 21. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-522-4700 in Nevada. All right, back in the Pittsburgh City cast, Matt Williamson joining us for a little look at the Steelers' free agency. By the way, uh, the Steelers at plus 335 to make the playoffs still. A lot of optimism in Pittsburgh because you look at the Browns and getting Deshaun Watson and you think, okay, he's going to be suspended for a while. So that's a long play for the Browns. Maybe the Steelers get a win early in the season if they get the Browns there. A lot of people are high on what Trubisky can do. Hey, they had a hampered Ben Roethlisberger and they still got to nine victories. So maybe the Steelers can get in the playoffs again. That might feel like good value to you. If so, play it now because I just think Steelers fans are going to Gamble that line into oblivion eventually. Like I said, everybody's high on the free agency moves that they made, even though I don't think they're as splashy as some of you do. But we'll talk to Matt Williamson about that right now. We'll talk to Matt about all the quarterbacks they've been visiting on the pro day circuit, especially Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter. Here's Matt Williamson as he was a guest with me yesterday on the Mark Madden Show. Again, a reminder, I'll be on Mark's show again today, guest hosting from the Rivers Casino if you want to stop by in advance of night two of Sweet 16 action. But some football right now with our resident scouting expert, Matt Williamson, who you can hear on SNR, also the Williamson and Peacock podcast, and read him with me during the football season at Trib Live. Matt, good to talk to you again. Feels like a long time no speak, but we're still talking about many of the same topics that we were talking about before, like... What are the Steelers going to do at quarterback? Specifically, which of these quarterbacks that they've gone to visit do you think is the smartest for them to draft if they go in that direction? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting class. You know, I mean, in general, everyone's very down on this quarterback class. And I also think the NFL is sort of telling us that it's not terrific. You know, by a lot of the moves they make, teams like Washington giving draft picks for Wentz and just settling for that, the Steelers and uh, other teams, you know, bringing in some younger guys. To me, Willis stands alone. Uh, I mean, I, I think he's the one with the highest upside. You wouldn't have to play him immediately at all. I'm a Pickett fan. I think he's an NFL starting quarterback, and you can certainly win a lot of games with him. But one of my new favorites is Desmond Ritter. I mean, I'm not sure I would use the 20th pick on him. And maybe that says all you need to know about him in terms of, you know, is he going to be a star? But I feel like he's being slept on a little bit as an impact player. What you just said right there at the end, Matt, makes all the sense in the world to me. If you're not going to pick him at 20 and you've already spent some effort and capital to get a guy to replace Ben Roethlisberger and Mitch Trubisky, I don't see the need right now for the Steelers to then go out and use a second-round draft pick on him where if Trubisky doesn't work out – 
it's supposed to be a better quarterback draft class next year anyway. So just as I've heard you use the phrase before, keep building the nest for the next season by throwing, I don't know, a receiver at the second round pick or a tackle or something like that. Yeah, right. I mean, again, I'm pretty high on Ritter, and if they have him as their 25th or 30th best player and he's still there in the second round and he's atop the board, you take him and, you know, you see what happens. Maybe he hits. You know, taking more bites at the apples is always a good idea. But I'm I'm with you. I mean, to be very honest with you, I think it's probably next year's project when it's all said and done. And that's why I was a big fan of, you know, bringing in a Winston or a Trubisky, not as much Mariota, but I lumped them with those guys just because in the meantime, he might turn out to be good. You know, I mean, there's ability there. You're very little invested in him. Um, you know, would I rather have Willis or Trubisky? I'd rather have Willis. But uh, would I rather have Trubisky than the other guys? Maybe, you know, so... By the other guys, you mean Mason Rudolph right? and Dwayne Haskins, or the other guys, you mean Mariota and Winston? Well, definitely, definitely the former. Um, but I meant in, as opposed to Ritter, Howe, okay. Strong, Pickett, you know, the other draftable Got guys it. where I'm building a nest mostly, yeah. What makes you say that Willis stands out alone, and what makes you say that you're intrigued with Ritter as perhaps a second option? Let's start with Ritter first. I mean, both of them have extreme athleticism, especially Willis. I mean, he's big, powerful. He has a trump card that others don't with his athletic ability. But Ritter, I was taught early in my scouting life that quarterbacks don't get more accurate at the NFL level. And, okay, I believe that. But I think times are changing. I mean, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, a lot of these guys go to these quarterback gurus, work on biometrics and all these different things that are over my head and over my pay grade, and they get more accurate. I mean, right now, it's pretty well known that Ritter's been really working on the biometrics of his stride length. I mean, his accuracy is the big negative on the guy. And if – you know, one of these gurus can change that for him, and all of a sudden accuracy is not a negative, but I don't need him to be Drew Brees. With his leadership and toughness and, you know, uh, athleticism on top of that, all of a sudden he's a different prospect than what you saw at Cincinnati. And he got better with accuracy every year he was there. They also went to Kenny Pickett's pro day. They attended Matt Corral's pro day instead of Ohio State, by the way, which was interesting to me. Matt, what do you see in those two guys, and especially with Pickett, I keep hearing over and over again that, you know, he's probably going to be gone by the time the Steelers pick anyway at 20, but I also, you know, in every conversation here that maybe he's not best suited for the Steelers and is best suited for an NFC South team to begin with, like Atlanta or the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I think the Saints, and especially Sean Payton, if he were still there, would love Pickett, you know, because he's a quick. I mean, he's a quick distributor. He's a quick processor. I know he played in Pittsburgh, but the elements certainly concern me because he's not a cannon arm guy. The small hands are well known. Um, I think he would be better suited if he ended up in the South somewhere, but doesn't mean he couldn't succeed here. I mean, I think he's got the toughness and the leadership and all that stuff, and he throws the ball well enough. He's certainly the most advanced in terms of reading defenses, knowing where to go with football mentally. Corral scares me, though. Um, he's been a little bit out of sight, out of mind, because he wasn't at the Senior Bowl and he was injured and he didn't do anything combine. 
but he's very small. I mean, the way he plays is aggressive, and he wants to run, and he's got a lot of natural playmaker traits to him, but he puts his body in harm's way a lot, and he just isn't really built for that. Matt Williamson with us, host of The Drive on Steeler Nation Radio. You know, Matt, when, and this is the last thing I want to say on the quarterbacks and then get to some free agency stuff, but I've been of the opinion for a long time now that just throwing numbers at the quarterback position isn't a wise way to go. Like, I I get it when you do that with defensive backs. I get it when you do that with mm-hmm. wide receivers and maybe linebackers, but clutter is not a good thing at the quarterback position in my eyes. And if the Steelers were to go at number 20 with a quarterback, as a lot of people are leaning back to in the conversation now because of the attention that they've paid to the position and the pro days that they've gone to, is that clutter or is that smart, do you think, on their part? Well, you got to go. I mean, I think people overreact to, oh, they're going to all the quarterback pro days. I mean, to me, it'd be a bigger story if they skipped any of them. You know, I mean, it doesn't cost you much to go you want to get these guys' personality. You might be playing against them. You might be, you know, bidding on them in free agency in four or five years from now. So you want to know as much about every starting quarterback in the NFL, whether they're playing for you or not, as possible. So especially with where their quarterback situation is now. So I don't look too much into that. Um, I have mixed feelings with your original thought. I mean, I just said taking more bites from the apple is a good idea. Because you might get that Dak Prescott in the fifth round or fourth round or Russell Wilson in the third or something along those lines. But one thing that really backs your argument that I don't know that all of the listeners realize, there's not much practice time. You know, that there's only so many snaps in practice to divvy out to the quarterbacks. And frankly, you want Trubisky taking the lion's share of those. You know, the, the, the new CBA does not allow for two days like there used to be in quarterbacks getting tired there's there's not enough snaps to go around how about free agency matt i look at what the steelers did and i say they were active and then i leave it at that they got guys aside from daniels though i don't know how many top-notch guys they got at each position what do you think well i'll be honest i mean you've, you've referenced the drive a couple times and leading into free agency Dale and I, Dale Wally and I, put you know, put our approach to free agency out there time and time again. And I can't help but pat ourselves on the back because we basically nailed it to a T. You know, we would have kept Chooks. We mentioned James Daniels. We mentioned Trubisky over and over. I like the approach they've taken a lot. And a big overriding theme that people need to realize, and the offensive line is the best example of this, is I promise you next year – if they're not the youngest, they're going to be one of the youngest teams in the entire league. And they got a lot of two-year deals. They're not going to lose a lot. They're going to be able to build a lot of continuity. You know, I referenced the offensive line. No, there's no, you know, Webby or Dermani Dawson on that line. But every one of them is very young and remarkably very experienced. You know, I mean, some of that was green and more playing last year, but the combination of youth and experience and the ability to create continuity with that offensive line, because all those guys are under contract for a couple of years. You're mm-hmm. not going to lose anybody you don't want to. I mean, I think that's unbelievably valuable. I think part of where I might be dubious, Matt, is, and I know there weren't a ton of good tackles out there and the ones that went, went expensive, yeah, yeah. but I'm not as high on more as a lot of people are. I didn't see the need to, to keep Chooks, even though I thought they would. 
Um, you know, I just mentioned before you came on the Jeremy Fowler thing that maybe the Bears were interested, and that might have been what drove up the price to the level that it was, as opposed to people saying yeah, that, that. Yeah. that they were bidding against themselves, so to speak. But you know, aside from Daniels, the other guys that they got, Jack, Wallace, uh, Cole, how good are they? How good of a player did they get at each signing? Well, it's another big conversation. Is I think in today's NFL, it's a much bigger deal not to have holes on your line than it is to have stars. Like, if you can give me five dudes I can put out there that are C-pluses or B-minuses, that's about as good as you can ask for in this league because there's an offensive line shortage. I mean, you're not going to get Walter Jones. You know what I mean, and to the Chooks' point, they, they've done a good job avoiding this for much of their, you know, the Kevin Colbert era. But shopping for offensive tackles on the open market is an awful water to tread in. I mean, it's just – it's a terrible business to be in. You rarely get what you will got in return. At least Chooks is a known – I mentioned youth before. He's only 24. Um, I still think they'll draft a tackle. It might not be in first the first round. Oh, God forbid. We wouldn't want that. We wouldn't want to see a first-round tackle in Pittsburgh. I'm just not sure who it'll be, though. I mean, because there's four that are worth it to me, and I think they'll all be gone. And then you start to look at guys like Raymond. Maybe he's at 20, but that might be a little bit, you know, extending yourself. But I think that they, you know, draft the project probably on day two. And a lot of their signings, and Chuk's a perfect example, is – and even Trubisky. It's like – I can live with this guy, and their best football might be ahead of them, but that doesn't mean I can't draft one either. Before we go, Matt, the Deontay Johnson extension that everybody is waiting for, what do you make of the money that could be coming his way after what we've seen with Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill? Just kind of your thoughts on the trickle-down of those signings and the trade of Hill and what it means for Deontay Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I think Adams and Hill truthfully are the top two receivers in the league, and they're in their prime. Deontay would be crazy to ask for that money. But he's going to get a big payday. and He's better than Christian part, Kirk. I, I know that. Yeah, no question about it. I was about to exact say, say the exact same thing. I mean, I think he's better than Allen Robinson or Kirk and worth more than both those guys. Um, I do think it's interesting, though, because they've had such great success drafting receivers particularly on day two that they have not gone out and spent money yet on receiver I wonder if they just take the theory that if we just keep drafting a lot of these receivers we'll be fine there and and in a way I think Kansas City did that with the hill trade and Green Bay did it by trade in Adams that I'm not saying wide receivers are the new running backs but the supply is starting to increase be higher than the demand and that's mm-hmm. the only one of the only positions you could say that at. yeah and there's, there's so many good ones coming to the league every year yeah there's not much supply in free agency right now it's like guys who might be no. washed up like Watkins and Julio and OBJ coming off his injury or you know a guy like Market Valdez Scandling who was a, an Aaron Rodgers creation to the degree that he's a creation right. so uh, yeah, they probably will. If you tell me Will Fuller would be healthy, I'd be interested, but, you know, there's not many. Yeah, and then it just so comes I, down yeah, to – They what, might draft two. What, there you go. And they try to do the, you know, the third-round, yeah. sixth-round thing like they did with uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Antonio Brown. That wouldn't be bad. 
Um, you know, no. and then kind of on the heels of Claypool two years ago, it'd be one year removed, but you get the drift of what they did with Mike Wallace. Yeah, I mean, that would be a smart way to go. It's just that, you know, in this co- the course of this conversation already, we've had them uh, drafting a quarterback. We've had them drafting a wide receiver. We've had them drafting a tackle within the first two rounds. And we haven't even talked about a defensive right. lineman yet, which I think is what a lot of people want. So you can only draft so many people in the first round, first two rounds, right, Matt? Right. And deep down, I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. I think the quarterbacks on the roster will who they'll go to camp with. And honestly, if I were putting a chip down right now of what position their first round pick would be, I might pick receiver. Hmm. One of the high state guys then? Uh, I really am infatuated with the Alabama kid, Williams. I mean, I know he's injured, but Steelers probably don't win the Super Bowl this year anyway. I mean, if I can have Williams for four and a half years under contract, and I think he's the best receiver in this draft when healthy, I'm fine with it. Matt, thanks. Great catching up with you again. We'll listen to you on the drive. All right, man. Take care of yourself. All right, so my thanks to Matt Williamson. The Steelers at plus 900 to win the AFC North. Baltimore and Cleveland at plus 200. If you want to get on the Bengals, I would at plus 210. I don't know how much longer you're going to see value like that for a team that went to a Super Bowl and now is just rated third in its own division. I think that's silly. Uh, The Bengals should be the favorite to win the North again, in my opinion, if not just this year, but moving forward for the next couple. Uh, We will be back on Monday with Madden Monday, so make sure you're with us for that here on the Pittsburgh CityCast.